Hey there. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Career Retrospective right here on the Superview Show Network. I am joined by my two incredible friends, Kyle and Mike. What's going on, guys? Hey, coming at you again from my phone. Hopefully yeah. yeah. You guys ready to eat some meatloaf or what, man? Oh, boy. I mean, I mean, listen to some or review some meatloaf. That's what I don't know. Meatloaf taste test. Yes. Yes. Taste taste test. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. as Get them t- views. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, anyways, so as the title of this podcast suggests, alludes to, and whatnot, uh, this was an album that I that turned 30 this year in 2023, it came out in 1993. Um, and I I said to Kyle, I'm like, you know, let's let's I think it's worth talking about. It's, it's, it's a much harder rock, rock album than you know the the, the predecessors uh, in his career, but tonight we're talking about Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell 2 from 1993. Um, this one was I just I'm gonna go first if that's okay because I, I just I really want to like you know this was an album that to me uh was it took a, a while for me to break into it um because meatloaf's a guy he was excuse me you could rest in peace of course marvin lee a day uh meatloaf himself um but he was he was known for his operatics uh with jim steinman as the writer of all of his songs and he was just the the uh, rock opera singer that he was um but this album was the sequel album to bad out of hell from 1977, which went on to become one of the best-selling albums of all time. Uh, up until this point, you I mean you had records like Dead Ringer for Love, which you know was 81 or 82, if I'm not, not mistaken. Or and there was another album in the in the 80s. I forget which one it was called specifically. But Jim Simon and me kind of parted ways, and they came back together for this record. It does contain the hit single "I Do Anything for Love," but I won't do that, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit about that song and whatnot. But um. Yeah, this is just uh this is a record that really like for 1993 uh you know coming off of the heels of you know some disappointing records in Meatloaf's career without Jim Steinman in, in, in writing or being a part of him whatsoever they really you know went back into hell you know pun intended for to make this record and it really does show uh, to me at least their their songs on here that are much harder edge like guitar wise and sound wise for and a production wise, um, I'm gonna get over to the track list in a sec. But just you know, oh, just a record that I really enjoy quite a bit more than I thought I did. So leading up to this review, I was like, yeah, let's just let's talk about this one because it turns 30 years old this year. Um, it is the it it was a commercial success. It sold over 14 million records worldwide. It debuted on the Billboard 200 number one, and as I said, it contains the hit sing the hit song, "I Do Anything for Love," but I won't do that. Um, my track listing as follows here. I'm going to read them off really quick to you. Um, I do anything for love, but I won't do that. Uh, guest stars by Lorraine Crosby. I think Mike and I talked about her at work one day, actually. Um, life is a lemon and I want my money back. Rock and roll dreams come through. It just won't quit out of the frying pan and into the fire. Objects in the rear view beer appear, may appear closer than they are. Wasted youth. Uh, everything louder than everything else. Good girls go to heaven, bad girls go everywhere. The instrumental back into hell and uh, Lost Boys and Golden Girls kind of fades into Lost Boys and Golden Girls. This is a long record. So if you're listening to us and you're watching us, whatever, and you're not into like long songs or long albums, this might be not be one for your taste or liking. Um, but because outside of the hit single, you know, the radio edit of I Do Anything for Love, 
this, you know, it had some other good songs on there, but it's just, if you're not into long songs and I don't recommend this personally, but if you are into like operatic and long drawn out segments of songs and whatnot, then go for it. This might be for you actually. Um, I'm going to do something I've never done before in this show. I'm going to rate every song one out of 10 because <laughs> I actually did some hardcore homework for this one, especially I know my, Mike's like, Oh my God, he did it. <laughs> yeah. This is icon. This is a historical iconical uh, moment. I'm just making up words just to make it up words just, this in. just for this. Yeah, moment. Man, this is, this is truly a, a word. This we've done 71 episodes of our show and I've never done this before. So, but here we go. Um, I do anything for love, but I won't do that T- at 12 minutes long. This is a 10 out of 10 song. I love this song. I don't listen to the radio edit when I go on Spotify or go on YouTube. I actually listen to the full 12 minutes and it takes up a lot of my time, but <laughs> I do love that cut so much. And for those of you who don't know the, but I won't do that part. He's not going to cheat on you. That's the whole bit of the song <laughs> towards the end of it. Just saying the, the, the people have gone on record. Like what's the, I don't do that part. They don't explain it. They actually do. It says, so um, actually, her taxes, they actually, you know, exactly. you, uh, yeah, you, he's Billy Milo's not big on financial, uh, you know, kind of, yes, uh, yes, Marvin, you know, so. he was not that big on yeah. doing his taxes, you know, whatever, <laughs> regardless, though, 10 out of 10 track, truly a, and I, I actually watched, I just want to side note as well, I saw the the Neverland Express with the new, new singer who's who like replaced Meatloaf recently. And they played all 12 minutes of this song live, and it was awesome. <laughs> it was so cool. I saw them back in April. It was really cool. If you have a chance to see Bat, the Neverland Express, just want to put that out there. Yeah, they It's still his Meatloaf's band without him singing because, you know, he's dead. But there's a new singer from American Idol. I think the guy's name is Caleb Johnson. He actually sings all these songs for you. It's, it's, it's a unique thing to see. Um, Next track is Life is a Lemon, I Want My Money Back. There's something so car- sarcastic about these lyrics. It's a 10 out of 10 track as well. There's 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 a couple of 10 out of 10s right off the bat here. Um, I you go from I do anything for love, but I went to that, which is like a power ballad, you know, but really long. Then you get to Life is a Lemon, and the the just the chorus kicks in, the guitar kicks in, and it is banging rocking. I love this mm-hmm. song to death, and I, I forgot how much I loved it listening to it again. Um Great track, eight minutes of just pure un- un- unadulterated teenage angst and rage in one song. It's great. Love to see it. Uh, Rock and roll dreams come through. Actually, another ten out of ten train. This song is I. This was this. I used to skip life as a lemon and go straight to this song, but then as I, I for whatever reason, I just I love like the 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 choir in the background. I love the different stuff, different feelings of like in the song itself. And it's it's still a meatloaf rock song. It's still a great song. But to me, it's like it's, I used to skip Life is Lemon, but now back to back, three out of three are here, 10 out of 10 for all three of these. I do anything for love, Life is Lemon, and Rock and Roll Dreams come through. Three 10 out of 10s for me right here, right here off the bat. I love those three cuts right off the bat. Then you get into It Just Won't Quit, which is not a bad song for me. It's a solid like seven out of 10, truthfully. It, it's not bad. It's just it doesn't hold the candle to the first three, in my opinion. Um, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's not bad. It's just it doesn't like I said, it doesn't hold a candle. It's not as close as I it's that it's like I skip it more frequently than I thought I did. Uh it doesn't it, it doesn't it doesn't have that rec- recognizability to me at least. Um and then you know, so seven out of ten for there. Out of the frying pan into the fire, this is a solid eight out of ten. The guitar work on there is incredible. Jim Steinman is a knew what he wanted out of these songs, and the harder it got, the better it was. 
I, I do love that song, Out of the Frying Pan, Into the Fire. The guitar work on that is really solid, in my opinion. Then you get to the second longest song on the record, which is Objects in the Rearview Mirror. But may, objects in the Rearview Mirror <laughs> may appear closer than they are. Long, 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 long title for a song. Ridiculously long. I don't know how. Listen, you can name a song whatever you want. I mean, I love It's the End, it's the end of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine by R.E.M. is in my top 25 favorite songs of all time. And long titles don't bother me. Except when they don't fit on my car screen on Spotify. Let's just put it that way. So <laughs> just want to put that out. This it's a really good ballad though. It is really long. They did release a radio edit of it, um, but it is it is it feels a little dragged out at times. But I do enjoy it. It's a solid uh, six out of ten for me. Nothing too crazy. Nothing too much. But it's not a bad song. It's just it's there, uh, and I do like it though. Wasted Youth with Jim Steinman. There's I I forgot about this track going into everything louder than everything else. I have to okay. say Jim Steinman's just like two minute monologue of like him like just you know Chuck the guitarist Chuck Berry Red. And for those of you know what I'm talking about good for you like the, the guitarist Chuck Berry Red. I go and smash the guitar and dad damn it daddy you've got a lot to learn about rock and roll so iconic to me just jim steinman and his pure glory like oozing with jim steinman everywhere basically um that's it's not really a song though i would just call it like a interlude of like him yelling and screaming basically uh still good though but it's not a song though so i can't really rate it as a song i'm giving it a solid six out of ten for that one as well just because it's like it's just the, the imagery in that and him screaming is just great then you get to everything louder than everything else man what a the guitar work meatloaf's vocals are incredible on this track this is an eight out of ten everything louder than everything else is an eight out of ten for me i really like this track a lot a lot more than i thought i would um, re-listening to it again. I listened to the sound like years ago now, and I went back to it for our stream tonight, and it's a solid track. Uh, definitely out of ten. Good girls go to heaven, bad girls go everywhere. Kind of a, a repeat in a sense, sound wise, for most of the songs on the record. It's it, I, I I wouldn't go as far as so called filler, but it is kind of just there. Um, in my opinion, it's a solid, you know, f- six point five seven out of ten for me. It's not bad. It's just again, it, it's kind of like objects in the rearview mirror. It's there it's just not as prominent as the first three tracks or as wasted youth going into everything louder than everything else or out of the frying pan into the fire yeah there's there's a lot of like you know it's it's not bad it's just kind of there but i like it overall it's a solid 6.5 or 7 out of 10 the two minute instrumental of back into hell gotta love it it's the kind of there. i'm not gonna really rate that though because it's just an instrumental of like just noise basically um, but going into Lost Boys and Golden Girls, though, really good track overall. Kind of a a, a, a quieter, not, I don't, not saying quieter, but just a, a softer, quieter song to close out the record. Um, seven out of ten for me. Nothing too crazy, nothing too uh, amb- ambitious, nothing too dramatic or too bombastic, operatic, nothing too crazy like that. But it is a good song though, overall. Solid uh, seven out of ten for me on there. And Lost Boys and Golden Girls. Lost Boys and Golden Girls. Excuse me. Can I talk tonight? Maybe. <laughs> Um, say that three times fast. <laughs> Literally, um, no, because there's so many long titles on this album. I'm like, oh my god, what's happening? Um, uh, but no, overall, like, it's funny going. <sighs> it's funny. Bad out of hell to me is a masterpiece. The very first one, you know, from '77. I love that record to death. It is one of and hearing. I did hear it live completely when I saw Bat the Neverland Express. I heard the whole album live, and it was really something i was crying i'm not gonna lie i was actually crying in the in the venue that i saw them at 
Um, and they uh, hearing for crying out loud and hearing for hearing like bad out of hell and I do anything for love and um, life is a lemon. All these songs live, I was crying a lot more than I thought I would be. But it, and like it was a beautiful show that I. It's not Meatloaf, but it's still Caleb Johnson singing his Meatloaf songs though. But it's if you're looking for any Meatloaf music, just go see the Bat, the Neverland Express. That's a really good. It's it's the, it's Meatloaf's band just without him there as a new singer. It's really really good touring. Um, truthfully, um, so going into this Bat Out of Hell two, Back into Hell, I'm gonna rate this album at a solid eight point five. Out of 10, there's the good songs are really good, but the what weighs it down a little bit are the other tracks on here. Like it just won't quit. It's good, but it doesn't hold up as as, as, as much as I thought it would be. Or like Jim Steinman just screaming wasted youth, you know, like, and, and his whole monologue there. It, it, it Did it add something to the record? No, but it's kind of just there. But I, but overall, though, there are some really solid songs on here, such, such as I Do Anything for Love, Life as a Lemon, Rock and Roll Dreams coming through. A lot of the harder edge songs on here are really solid, but the ballads didn't really deliver as much as I thought they would be. So I'll overall an 8.5 out of 10 for Better Better Hell is a 10 out of 10. Perfect album, start to finish. But this record, truthfully, to me, is a solid 8.5. It's not quite the 10 out of 10 that some people make it out to be. It was it was a commercial success, though, like we talked about. But this is a a really solid, you know, it, it's not bad at all. Three, thank God. Because we talk, we wouldn't <laughs> have to talk about that. That was really, Kyle and I talked about that at one point, uh, just <laughs> separately. But yeah, but Battle of Two, Back in the Hell, a solid 8.5 out of 10. It kind of brought back some nostalgia for me because I love a lot of these songs more than I thought I did. That's just me personally. But yeah, 8.5 out of 10 for me for Bad Out of Hell 2. Um, who would like to go next? I want to hear Kyle's uh, thoughts on this. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Take that away. Uh, your so, head is just in a piece of meatloaf right now. Yes, Kyle so, is literally has meatloaf in background. Uh, <laughs> so I'll start by saying JT. I'll start with where I agree on J- with JT on. Uh, Bad Out of Hell, the first one is one of the best albums of all time. Objectively speaking, I love that album, but objectively speaking, it's an incredibly well-written album, well-structured. Uh, lyrically, it's fantastic. Vocally, it's some of the best vocals you'll get in the rock genre out there. Uh, composition-wise, it, it's a flawless album, front to back. Hands down, 10 out of 10. Now we're all, I'll go into now where I disagree with JT. Uh, this one, to me, did not hold a candle. To the original Bad Out of Hell, uh, with a couple notable exceptions, which I'll get into. But for me, I actually felt the opposite of JT on this one, where I didn't, I found the more hard rock aspects of this to be the weakest points. Like outside of some uh, very well done guitar work, I felt like the parts that were harder rock in here, where they tried to really go for that hard rock aspect ended up feeling repetitive and lengthy uh, where I feel as though Meatloaf shines really when he does the ballads and the more operatic singing. But uh, I'll just go through the same thing as JT track list here. Uh, and I'll start with a controversial opinion here. Uh, I do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> seven out of 10, this long 12 minute version, absolutely seven out of 10. Uh, the radio edit, I, I'll tell you, radio edit, I'll give it 10 out of 10. But as it is on here, it's so long. It needs to be cut down. The radio edit did it such a big favor. 
the first album, the first Bad Out of Hell album, the long songs on it worked because they used the length to its advantage. Uh, you know, it had different movements, had different things going on in the tracks. This one, this 12-minute version, just has this one same part repeating very often. Uh, you And also, you just keep thinking it's about to end, and then it doesn't, and then it keeps going. So the great parts of it are great. The rest of it just kind of, you could easily cut minutes off of it, and it improves the song greatly. Seven out of ten. Uh, Life is a Lemon and I Want My Money Back. Way too long for me. Again, same kind of thing. Boring, repetitive. Uh, how many times in like eight minutes do I have to hear this man say I want my money back? It's <laughs> a lot. Again, shorter would have really benefited it. This is a five out of ten for me. I don't hate it. It's just there. Rock and Roll Dreams Come True. Uh, this is a little step up from that one. True. That's a six out of ten for me. Sorry, yes, come through. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> also, can I just say I hate the song titles on this album? Uh, <laughs> long, either way, but I don't hold that against it. Uh, again, so this song six out of ten. Uh, has a memorable vocal hook. The melody on the chorus is nice. I like the saxophone solo in the middle of it there, uh, and it didn't go on too long like the others. It's nothing too special, but it's not a bad song. Six out of ten. And I'll agree with you here, JT. It Just Won't Quit is the lowest point of the album. <laughs> By far and away, this is a 4 out of 10 for me. This was the most boring song yet. Did not need to be over 7 minutes long. Uh, also, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think it'll quit. Do you think it'll quit? <laughs> I don't think it any more in this damn song. 4 out of 10. My least favorite meatloaf song I've heard so far, barring Bad Out of Hell 3. Uh, mm. <laughs> out of the Frying Pan Into the Fire, I actually completely agree with JT on this one. 8 out of 10. Uh, interestingly enough, and I wonder if this is a purposeful thing on Green Day's side, but the intro to this one sounds very similar guitar-wise to the intro to their song Revolution Radio. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> very, very similar, like almost to a T. Yeah. Uh, and this one so far up until this point on the album, this song has the closest to the original bad out of hell sound, uh, slightly missing that bombastic, uh, the bombasticness and memorability of it. But this is kind of the closest we get to that point up until here. So eight out of 10 on this one, uh, objects in the rear view mirror, blah, 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 blah. Uh, <laughs> 10 out of 10. Here's the best stretch of the album. Uh, 10 out of 10 here. By far my favorite song. Felt like it used its length properly. Has different movements throughout it. The lyrics are actually really good. Best lyrics on the album. Uh, overall, lyrically, I felt like this album really didn't hold a candle to the first Bad Out of Hell. And I really like the callback in here to Paradise by the Dashboard Light. It's very well done. Straight 10 out of 10 here. Love this track. But then we get to Wasted Youth, which... Like JT, I don't really count this as a song because it's not. I legitimately laughed out loud when this was going. What the <laughs> hell is this? Is there no purpose other than him wanting to just yell about murdering people with a guitar and yelling about his daddy? It, it really just did not need to be here. Uh, 
and what so my problem with this is it sounds like a something that an angsty teenager would write right but at this point in their careers they were very far away from being angsty teenagers yep they were uh god they had to be at least 40 to 50 years old at this point right i mean oh, how old were they when yeah. bad out of hell one came out in 77 yeah and now kyle now kyle you you made excuses for Blink One Eighty Two. Fifty year old guys <laughs> yeah. talking about me. But uh, those are fun. But those are funny like jokes. Those are funny songs. This, this is just was, it was pretty weird. funny. It, it was pretty funny though. Like the fact that he was gonna kill his dad with a guitar, and all of a sudden his dad's like, "Son, son, this is not <laughs> how you treat a musical instrument." As I'm about yes. to kill you with this, that is pretty funny. So you have. To I agree. Admit. That was funny. That yeah, was really yes. funny. But I was laughing even before it started. Because it was just so corny and like cringy. Oh my god! But I can't rate this. It's not a song. I don't. I'm not going to assign any numbers to it. Uh, it does lead kind of nicely into everything louder than everything else, which is the second standout track on this album for me. This is another ten out of ten. Uh, it's a really great song. It's upbeat. This is kind of what I wanted from the album. This and objects in the rearview mirror. This is really what I wanted to hear from Bad Out of Hell too. And I really didn't get it. And then from here, the album just kind of goes on a downward uh, spiral again. But not too bad. Like, good girls go to heaven, bad girls go everywhere. Same issues I've had as the other songs. It's long. This is a 6 out of 10. It's repetitive. 6 out of 10. Back into hell. I wish it did more, actually. I actually wish this was longer. Something I didn't think I'd say about any song from this album this i also think and i'll i'll kind of backtrack to this one as it is now this is a five out of ten hmm. i'll backtrack lost uh lost boys to golden girls this is a six out of ten it's a slow end it's nothing special it really doesn't feel like a song and capping an album like this it really doesn't i don't think the placement on the album works for it so now I'll go to back into back into hell this should have been the album closer so what it does here it has like that instrumental reprise of good girls uh go to heaven what i wish they did was make it longer and incorporate melodies like reprise like the instrumentation of other songs throughout the album have it be longer more movements that way still as an instrumental and just end it on a more epic kind of note than just kind of whimpering out on lost boys and golden girls so with that said, the album, yes, has some absolutely great songs on it. If you cut the lengths down on a lot of the songs, you have an even better album. You get rid of a couple tracks. It's great. Uh, overall, songs way too long. And my again, my problem is it doesn't use the length of its time to its advantage. I have nothing against long songs. I think that uh, Bad Out of Hell was great. It used its length to its advantage. He actually did interesting things with the compositions instead of just repeating the same chorus lines over and over. That's what I feel like this one fell flat quite a bit. Uh, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more ballads on this one. Overall, decent album. Uh, but I got to go 6 out of 10 on this one. Uh, I expected to give it a higher score. I have a feeling I'm going to be the villain here, but we'll see what Mike has to say. Why would you assume such a thing, sir? I am always the villain, and I will always 
hug the villain role close to my heart. So how dare you, sir? I am very uh, offended. Um, but um, you know, let me take you back to a time, nineteen ninety three. Uh, grunge began to dominate the charts, folks. Nirvana. Uh, we had a uh, Siamese Dream with the uh, the Smashing Pumpkins. We had Pearl Jam. All the contenders are entering the stage, and but but alas, folks, we still have our Rush and our um, Aerosmith and our our other contenders still fighting back, trying to revive their sounds and be relevant. My such a very a, a troubling uh, journey for a band to take. Journey? Did anyone say journey? No, journey. I don't know if the journey was on the charts at this time, but I digress. Um, it is very interesting to hear an album in 93. I swore this came out in 87, 85 by uh, some of the hair rock stadium anthem feels to some of these tracks. And and for sure, I was taken aback, aghast when I realized that this was 93, which I appreciate a throwback sound, especially in a kind of um, an era where you're trying to reach new fan bases. Uh, especially today, very few bands are, they're afraid to do a throwback sound unless it's got a really glossy kind of modern finish to it. Um, doing a pure throwback sound is dangerous. Whereas, and I think this time uh, was more forgiving, um, which is fair. Um, so, taking all that into consideration, it's actually kind of amazing listening to this album, how much the killers actually seem to borrow from, like, even his vocal deliverance, the way he quivers his voice. It reminds me so much of the killers and how he kind of does a story song where he talks through the song about growing up as a kid or something like that. It just, it literally felt like, man, the killers must be major meatloaf fans, and if they're not, then, you know, uh, I'm wrong. But it is an interesting, an interesting uh, place where people draw influences from. So, I mean, now we can't obviously talk about this album without talking about Bad of the Hell. Original cutting edge, um, you know, just delivering a sound that a lot of people felt was way above its time. 1977, it's, it really did bring a lot, bridge a lot of gas, bring a lot of sounds together, that original album. And I can honestly say, um, this album is definitely no bad out of hell, but um, I definitely enjoyed listening to this album. I uh, was actually kind of surprised that I had never listened to this. I've only listened to obviously the first song off the album um, through a compilation or a radio mashing, bashing into my head. Every every commercial, every uh, just compilation of songs presented to you had this blasting into your earwaves <laughs> and uh it was very uh one of those songs that just overstayed its welcome in the sense of because of the the greater media um kind of influence just using it at every turn even in the early 2000s you could see it come back for a super bowl ad as a comedic uh you know vehicle and that is definitely something I, I, I find with this album um, uh, that a lot of those original sounds that people were using to kind of um, demonstrate a certain era of time uh, will go back to some of these songs. Um, 
So starting off, we got I Do Anything for Love, running a tad bit long. I do agree with my fellow uh, podcast hosts here. Uh, and it's definitely, um, definitely has that uh, symptom of a long song where it uses, it doesn't, and I agree with 100% with Kyle, where it doesn't move into a different, like, you know, it doesn't have a movement that just uh, adds something. It just kind of uses the same thing over and over again. Um, it was done by nine minutes, and uh, I should have ended at that point. Um, I I do love this what Meatloaf or Jim Steinman uh, does on every song. He uh, or some most of the songs he ends it with some shredding guitars that almost bring that epicness to uh to a climax there and um. Uh, definitely would have preferred a radio edit here at a 10 out of 10, but I would give this an 8.5 out of 10 running on the tad bit long side, but I do agree with you guys. 10 out of 10 if this was the radio edit. 8.5 out of 10 for me there. And then we move on to um some of my lesser liked songs on the album. Um, I do have to agree with Kyle here. Um, Life is a Lemon, I Want My Money Back feels very hair metal stadium rock s and i find that that's not the meatloaf i want and i do i do side with kyle and i want the uh, um the bombastic uh rock opera feel and here i'm kind of get it uh you know we got those metallic riffs but they just kind of repeat through this whole song they don't offer much uh in a, in a in the world of change and movement definitely runs longer than it needs to it's a 6.5 out of 10 for me um you know not a terrible song uh very you know definitely better than a lot of music you could hear out there just needs some change it needs some freshness it needs some movement some a better composure uh you know uh, composition uh in this song moving on to rock and roll dreams come through uh, 6.5 mid-paced smooth 80s rock anthem feel to it uh, the backup singers uh, you know you'll find that a lot of these songs have backup singers and they really do create that rock opera feel and uh, they they kind of show through here applauds along it delivers a catchy song chorus um, but overall um, it doesn't really uh, deviate too much from kind of its path it kind of runs out of steam halfway through still a solid song but it's just kind of dancing on the edge of like where we want to be like bad out of hell and with this kind of more a uh, modern i wouldn't say modern but i would say uh leaning towards an 80s rock feel more so than the original ever did um and then we move on to it just won't quit now i may be in the minority here folks uh, I love, love this chorus sing-along style uh, on this song. And I kind of wish some of the songs that didn't have this chorus sing-along style did. Um, now, I do admit, I do hate when songs repeat lines over and over and over again. It commits that sin, uh, you know, tenfold. And But there is something that I do enjoy about this song. It does keep me singing. It keeps me interested. I, it just wouldn't quit, but I was okay with that. I, it's one of those few times I do forgive that being done in a song in kind of the sacrifice of, of loving that sing-along chorus and that just feeling of like, um, 
all together, all together now, folks, all together now kind of situation. And I do love that. Uh, eight out of 10 for me. I definitely, uh, this is where the album began to absolutely skyrocket for me. Uh, out of the frying pan and into the fire. 10 out of 10, folks. This piano that kicks in, it's like, yes, meatloaf, this is what you need. It's like, um, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that feel but with just the storytelling the rock opera feel it, this is meatloaf in his best form great opening very musical style feeling for this song um you know old school feel changes tempo uh definitely has that musical quality i look for clean guitar riffs uh going on in there which i really like the company the piano it's really where he needs to be that piano kind of kicking alongside the the song uh it goes at an energizing pace and it energizes me so the piano really kicks ass here i just love this song with the epic shredding that ended to bring it all home 10 out of 10 and then we move into another 10 out of 10 folks objects in the rearview mirror may appear closer than they are this song absolutely hit me in the feels man the lyrics are amazing kyle stop agreeing with me I'm gonna, I'm gonna warn you, Kyle. This is your first warning. Uh, which if you two more, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm just gonna have to show up at your house in the middle of the night with like a freaking baseball bat and break all your windows in. I know that sounds extreme, but uh, I'm an extreme guy with an. Well, every extreme, time we agree, uh, it feels like there's like a tear in like the the yeah. tear of reality. Yeah, I'm losing. I'm losing uh, calcium in my bones, and I'm slowly withering into a lifeless husk. If you if you continue to uh, agree with me, I'm not going to exist. So please, I don't appreciate it. So I mean, just I love the storytelling. I love the rock opera feel, the operatics of his voice. I'm right there with you. Um, it really sticks near the backup singers. Just the you know the ah ah. They're bringing this epic feel along with it. The childhood story, the friend just going out there and living fast and. And like I'm right there with Kyle. It's a long song, but this is one of the few times where long songs actually live and thrive when they're when they're just kind of delivering a story and they're and they're doing different things alongside of it. Whereas like the first song is great song, but it just kind of just takes the same thing and it's like paste and repeat. Whereas like I feel like this this guy's telling a story about his life and you're listening to the story. And it's just like you want it to keep going on. And it just really does live in 10 minutes uh, length. Um, so, yeah, kudos. Uh, bravo to Mr. Meatloaf himself. So, um, yeah. And then we kind of come off the Wasted Youth. Very cool spoken word part. I'm sorry, Kyle. I absolutely love the cheese. Give me more cheese. Uh, shred it onto my face. Uh, I'm here for it, folks. And this is a great spoken word part it's got some funny parts in it very clever use of words and just description and uh i love that it has a comedy to it, it doesn't take itself too seriously 100 percent love that i love that it doesn't take itself too seriously and that it's being sarcastic or over dramatic that's how kids are and that's how you have a feeling of like uh that it's like taken from the eyes of of a boy who's having a fantasy who's he's killing people with his guitar and he's and it's red 
like Chuck Berry read and this and that. It it it's genius. It really is like one of those times when you're like you appreciate the 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 name of the song and how it lend it leads into the next part. Uh and and just that whole part where he's raising the guitar. I mean, amazing. 10 out of 10. Love it. I'm going to give it a 10, even though I don't usually rate things like this. But in this situation, I find that it brings character to the album. So, you know, then we go into everything louder than everything else. Uh, We're back to that kind of stadium hair rock feel, but it transitions with the piano and the rock opera traditional sound with the synthesizer, which I think is interesting because when you hear the synthesizer, you're like, okay, we're in that rock opera. We're in that like that a hair metal kind of feel but like this one kind of plays mid a middle place it doesn't do too much of one or the other and it just reminds me vocally in cadence style of the killers here again drags on a little too long uh but eight out of 8.5 out of 10 i could go higher on this one um but i'm sitting at 8.5 out of 10 because um it starts a little off and then it hit it hits home um there Good girls go to heaven. Now, this is where we kind of, well, I agree with you guys completely, just kind of head down the slide into kind of the, you know, the lesser interesting songs again. Uh, good girls go to heaven. It's got some bagpipes, crazy squeals, and bears. Oh my. It was a very interesting start to a, a song. It, it kind of has a, it's a fun song. It jogs along at a, a momentum uh, that uh, keeps you interested. Doesn't really hit home with the chorus. Feels a little too similar to the rest of the albums, the songs on this album. I agree with you guys right there that it was already said. Um, yeah, it's just like a 6.5 out of 10. There's no song under 6.5 here, folks. Uh, that's something that's very cool. Uh, usually, I hate a song enough to give it a 5 or lower. Um, so, Back Into Hell, not going to rate it. Strange, uh, felt unnecessary. Actually, I would have just, if this wasn't even there, I probably wouldn't have viewed that in an eye. Uh, it definitely uh, leads into another song who I felt wasn't a great ending was Lost Boys and Golden Girls. I just wanted a more recognizable chorus. I wanted a sing-along anthem. I wanted a big ending. I wanted more, but I got what felt like underwhelming, and but still solid, just underwhelming, you know, 6.5 out of 10. So, um, yeah, now I do award albums points for a, a being an entire project together. Uh, that's something I'm going to do here. So I'm going to do 8.5 to meet JT at an 8.5 out of 10, which, you know, here we are, JT. We're high-fiving over top of Kyle while staring at him with judging eyes. But anyway, um, you know, we're just, we're going to go ahead and give this one, folks, an 8.5 out of 10. It's a solid album. I really do like the cheese. I like the corniness. I like that it's playful. I like that it doesn't take itself too seriously. I think that's great. Um, And it's in a place that, allows that thing to flourish whereas like it may not it might not um be the same elsewhere is it bad out of hell absolutely not bad out of hell is a 10 out of 10 it is iconic and cutting edge whereas this one feels like it does happen to follow and like the i don't want to say algorithm uh, the 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 cutout of like what you do for a rock opera and it tries some new things and kind of falls on its face but when it wants to go back to what you should do it hits a home run and i think um somewhere between that um with some cool little pieces cutting in and obviously that iconic song that started off on a high note when it falls on its face it still does better than other songs 
did like amongst the rest of the 10 out of 10. So yeah, 8.5 out of 10 for me on this one. And uh, definitely thank you, JT, for uh, reminding me that even 16 years later, 16 years uh, from Bad at Hell, that you can still, is it 16, 77, 87? Yeah, 70, like 70 to 80 to 93. Okay. You can still kind of channel the spirit of, of, what was done in the original the spirits there it's just some of the substance the the writing is a little um repetitive uh needed to be polished more and needed to be composed better but within that you're still able to pump out like a solid 8.5 um album that really uh you know um kind of like is a companion piece to a, a much uh kind of more mighty album but still a companion nonetheless now cool. we need to do bad out of hell three. Oh, that, God, that, no, 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 no. Kyle. So who, whoever said that? You know that, that the man shut his mic anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's not on Spotify now. Nope, they took it off years ago. That's that tells you something right there. But um, I wanted. Savage. You guys were saying something before we just end up our end our end our stream tonight. Um, I want to say they did do um on the uh, on Spotify on the deluxe edition or whatever they had. They like the collector set or whatever. Like they had like um, oh god, what was it? They had um, the radio edits are on Spotify too. Like they actually have I do anything for love. The five minute edits are on Spotify. There is a radio edit of Objects in the Rearview Mirror as well. Uh, the mm-hmm. radio edit of there's a ton of radio edits on here as well. Uh, believe it or not, and they are uh, they're on they were on CD and now they're also on Spotify as well. So if you're like it's you know I know you guys. The actual original track listing did not have them as eight minutes or five minutes or the radio edits or this or that. They are they do exist on Spotify though, in case you're wondering. Um, they do have a five minute version of objects in the rearview mirror. Um, the I do anything for love single edit is on there as well, and so so is rock and roll dreams come through. Life is a lemon, you know. These are all radio, and also it's funny. The I do anything for love. There's a longer cut as well. It's actually seven minutes. It's right here. It's actually just it's a, uh, there is a seven minute cut of it. Um, it's it says literally called longer, but still not the full album cut. That's what it's literally called that on the CD. Believe it or not, which I thought was pretty yeah. funny. Realize the song was too long. Yeah, they, they, I mean <laughs> when they're when they're making it, it's like you know, it's funny. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the guy named Roy Bitten at all. He's a he's been been a pianist, a session musician. He's you know he's in the E Street Band, but he's been on so many records outside of. He he played piano on Bad Out of Hell one. He played um piano on this album. He played piano and on Bowie. He played the piano in Total Clips of the Heart. He and Jim Simon are good. Well, Jim Simon's dead, but they were good friends. You know what I mean? Uh, he's if you look at one of one look of a really good pianist, his name's Roy Bitten. He's a really really talented guy, but he played piano on this whole record and the first one too, and I think the third one as well. Tell me if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, he's um he's a really really talented pianist. Um, but yeah, but there are like they are, that actually just say here, I do anything full up, but I won't do that longer. But still not as long as the album cut at seven mm-hmm. minutes and fifty two seconds long. Which is, I I play that version too. It's it's a little longer, but it's like. It, it's not quite 12 minutes, which is still cool. So that's that's good. But you heard it here first. 8.5, 8.5. What'd you say? A six? Six. So that boo means... that man, boo. <laughs> <laughs> boo that man. No, boo. Yeah, boo that man. 
Ooh. Uh, we should there should be a way you can throw a tomato like you know like it'll just appear on the screen and hit the screen you know what i'm saying like that would be that would actually be kind of cool like like, we're gonna have to look like, like that exactly yeah, yeah. Boosh. Boosh. Throw so for, for a slight change of pace there kyle is the villain tonight with a six yes. and don't worry there's 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 not like a there's not really like super bad songs on here but like there are some really solid tracks overall if you want to dive into his catalog a little bit more so um, outside of Bad at Hell, and I do anything for the button, would do that. So I'm very glad we we're able to do this. We were, I, we were, I was under the impression that we were going to do this last week, but also I, I want to applaud JT rating each track by the <laughs> like a number. I'm sorry, but we gotta we gotta take a Thank break you. here to just. I mean, I pre, I mean, I was very impressed. You know, it's like our boy is growing up. <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, that's it, man. I'm, I'm yeah, proud exactly. of you, man. I'm, I'm proud of you, sir. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all year doing this for God knows how long. So here we go. Uh, <laughs> no, but that's going to do it for us, guys. Thank you you so much for watching, listening, however you enjoyed us tonight. Um, if you've seen, if you've liked what you've seen or heard here, follow us on our, our Spotify or Instagram or Facebook, wherever you can find us. Uh, and also don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube as well. We do this as a live show on Monday, Mondays, uh, EST time in the evening, typically around five or six o'clock. And uh, yeah, but from, and I want to thank Kyle and Mike, of course, for doing this as always with me. Uh, Kyle, is Q and A podcast coming back at all? Yep, once it once the computer's back up and running. Awesome. Yeah. See, Kyle's been doing he did Blink One Eighty Two, and he did Meatloaf on his phone, and I and I applaud him for even like trying in general to, you know, to put this one out there. So it's been a big help uh, for him and his Meatloaf uh, background there. So yeah, um, <laughs> recipes yeah. are online through our our site if you're interested and in, yeah, you, yeah. You, you you can go to our merch store and uh, find uh, cookbooks <laughs> the link's in the description <laughs> below check it link out in the description below. Yeah, yeah. probably for the the best i mean the best meatloaf you'll ever be able to get so there yes yes um <laughs> but r.i.p the meatloaf and like i said though if you have not seen if bat if, if you've not seen bat the neverland featuring the neverland express it's meatloaf's band with a different singer singing the same songs you know and love. It's pretty hmm. unique and interesting. And I and I saw them and they played 12 songs for two hours, which was great. So <laughs> it was crazy. But yeah, anyways, I digress. <laughs> Thanks so much for watching, guys. Stay safe. 